Welcome to the Web 2.0 Show, episode 32. La la. I'm Josh Owens. And I'm Chris Saylor. We're going to be, well, I guess I'll be speaking to Lala, but uh, before we get to that interview, Chris and I wanted to go through uh, some of the stuff that uh, we, we need to, I guess, administrative stuff we need to do <laughs> since we haven't had a podcast in a while. Yeah, yeah the reports of our demise are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> First up, I, I'm sure you all noticed that we brought in a new blogger, uh, Darren Stewart. He's uh, been, I guess, keeping the feed alive since we haven't been putting out a podcast this last month or so. It's assuming anybody actually reads. Yeah, I think we have some readers. At least according to FeedBurner. I don't, they may be lying to us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he had a great idea for a Rails app week. Uh, we want people to send us an email with their Rails apps that they've launched and uh, we will, well, Darren will actually go through and review each site and uh, put up a post, uh, one per day, and uh, at the end of the week, we'll choose the best one, and we'll go ahead and schedule an interview with those guys and uh, get them on the podcast to talk about uh, how they created their app. So, um, now, I would like to mention I was not involved in the creation of that, um, so PHP developers, don't burn down my castle walls. <laughs> <laughs> what, suddenly you love PHP? I'm just saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Don't anger the masses. Just uh, when you when you send an email to web2oshow@gmail.com, just uh, put Rails app in the title, and uh, that way we can go ahead and tag it. Uh, let's see what else is on this list. Uh, Dig has released a podcasting feature. We're so up on the times. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably about a month ago too. But uh, we've we've made it. I think we've had two episodes that actually made it to the front page of Dig. But um, besides that, I guess uh, you have to separately go in and go into dig.com/podcast/theweb2o/show and uh, dig our podcast that way. So we'll put a link in the show notes. You guys can click on and dig us. And if we get eighteen hundred, I guess we get to the front page, and uh, maybe we can. Uh, one-up some of those other tech podcasts that think they're better than us. <laughs> Speaking of the last 30 days, that's, uh, it seems like an eternity since the last time we podcasted. Yeah, it's, um, I, I feel all rusty. It's like, how's this work? <laughs> what, what are these buttons? <laughs> <laughs> I've since uh, moved down further into Miami. Um, I've discovered that my family is a bunch of snake handlers. <laughs> Found that out while I was doing my uh, ancestry for the name Sailor. <laughs> I actually wrote a book about it. You wrote a book about it? I did not. Oh. Someone wrote a book about the snake-handling sailors. Oh. <laughs> snake-handling <laughs> sailors, huh? That's just weird. <laughs> what else have we done? Oh, we've been... <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> oh, can I get the explicit podcast rating? <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot, pal. It's your family. No, uh, oh, we've been uh, knee-deep in consulting. That's part of the reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, if uh, anyone out there is an expert with uh, Rails, we're, we're looking for some people to help us out with SteelPixel uh, and, and picking up the slack on 
some of the freelancing work so we have time to podcast again. <laughs> so how do you spell Rails? <laughs> R-A-Y-U-L-S? <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> you had an accent there coming out. Twang. Hey, you're the one from Kentucky. <laughs> oh, let's see. What do we have next? The um, Renaming the show. We held the contest and... Uh, I believe it was Chris Matthew that submitted the winning entry of keeping the name the same. Um, so he he wins an iPod Nano. Uh, we'll be talking to him about the, which color he wants. <laughs> and uh, Keith McFarlane was the runner-up. Uh, he submitted the Web Edge, which we thought was really good. I actually do like that. Yeah, and uh, that one took 35 votes to the 103 for the winning entry. And uh, he gets a free one-year silver hosting package with SteelPixel. God, I love this one. Um, see, Ryan Sit, um, sit he uh, sent us an email about his application that he built, listpick.com. Um, it's basically an image browser for Craigslist. And this thing is fantastic. Um, I've been looking for furniture to uh, stock my new home because we upgraded from a condo, and it's com- pretty much completely bare. And... This thing is just awesome because really for things like, you know, furniture and, and cars and stuff and whatnot, you'd, actually, well, you'd rather just see a picture. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words. And it is really perfect for that. And it has a little size slider um, a la iPhoto. And um, the, uh, the, actually the single search is quite interesting, uh, interesting browsing too. <laughs> I know my wife was looking at it. She was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Sure, right. Your wife was looking at it. <laughs> Whatever you say there, snake handler. <laughs> I found the, uh, I guess the, the next entry we were going to talk about, I found it kind of interesting. Um, we get emails from time to time. People tell us like how the show inspired them or they just quit their job so they could work on their web app full time, crazy stuff like that. This one was a little different. Uh, Stephen Monis, I guess that's how you say his name, wrote a book uh, inspired by our podcast interview with Cameron Mall. He uh, wrote a book about absolute positioning, and uh, that's actually absolutepositioning.com is where you can find out the details on that book. So definitely uh, looks pretty cool. I don't, we haven't had a chance to check out the book itself, but. It's kind of cool to inspire a book writing, I guess. Cool. And Steve Monis also has some other books actually listed at Amazon. Um, looks like a couple of them are dating books. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> That's how we tie back up. to the previous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have segued in that way. We're, yeah. just, we're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Next up is the future of web apps in London, uh, February 20th is 22nd. That's put on by our... Uh, um, that's put on by Ryan Carson, right? Carson Workshops? Yes. Nah, that's yes, right. it is. They also just announced uh, another one. I don't... Was it in London or New York? I don't remember, but it's the future of web design. It actually looks uh, pretty interesting, too. Because I know uh, Ryan Singer from 37 Signals will be there. Can never get enough of those 37 Signals guys. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, another that's... podcast. We had to mention them. <laughs> And that the future of web design is actually on April 18th um, in London. Yeah, and uh, the future of web apps, 
there's a lot of people there that we've interviewed before, so I'm sure there'll be great talks. I know I saw Tara Hunt and uh, Jeff Barr were on the list. Kevin Rose. Um, I would love to go to London. That would be fun. Uh, Darren actually might be there if he can find a ride. He uh, he has a press pass, so if uh, he can find a ride from wherever it is he lives, I, I'm drawing a blank now, but... So if you live outside of London, like by two hours, send us an email. Maybe uh, maybe you guys can ride together. <laughs> <laughs> that would be west of London. I guess the one thing I wanted to mention on here, we, we wanted to do a podcast specifically about uh, servers, server hardware, operating systems, monitoring, you know, kind of get into all that stuff, the system administration stuff that I don't, we, we always overlook here. We kind of take it for granted because we do it on a daily basis, but uh, not everyone knows all these tips and tricks. Um, and we had asked Mark Imbracchio, I think that's how you say his name, uh, who just became the 37 Signals system administrator. We uh, had asked him to come onto the podcast, but unfortunately he didn't have time. Uh, apparently they heaped him full of work as soon as they hired him. <laughs> so, But uh, he did go over a list, and uh, maybe we can actually dedicate a full podcast to this down the road. Uh, but he, I made a list, and he looked over it and made a few suggestions of things to add. Um, and I'll, I'll post a link to that, but just kind of a highlight um, for monitoring, we use something called Monit. Uh, I know I've mentioned that before. Um, Tripwire, we, uh, we've installed it, we just haven't configured it yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> not very helpful. Um, he also suggested, uh, Nagios or Zabbix for, uh, kind of monitoring on an ongoing basis. Uh, and it's a little web app there, so that one's kind of cool. And, uh, I guess that kind of segues into our next topic here, which is, uh, server vendors. There was a post by Matt Mullenweg, uh, who was in episode one talking about if he had to do it all over again with automatic, you know, where would he go to get his servers? And, uh, he did a comparison between the two hosting facilities that he uses and, uh, he uses, um, I'm drawing a complete blank now. Uh, but the one that, that ended up winning was Layered Tech uh, because of their cost and, and just the sheer number of options that they offer everyone. Um, you can set up private switches between all your servers. You can, um, they have all kinds of crazy OS options. Um, they support Debian, which we found awesome. Um, they have 64-bit servers if you want to go that route. They have tons of hardware upgrades. I mean, you can slap, a, I think, a 500-gig drive in uh, your boxes if you want, and a lot of the boxes can take up to four hard drives. And uh, we actually switched as a result of the post. We were using EV1 servers, and uh, we switched, mm-hmm. and we're already saving money. So None too soon because they were unfortunately bought by the planet. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so no. I don't. We're still working on getting the last server moved. Uh, it's kind of a, a pain, but uh, we're moving from a 32-bit platform to a 64-bit platform, and um, that's uh, causing us some 
issues with the server software that we use. So, but in the end, uh, I think it, it'll work out much better for us. We'll save, uh, on the two servers we have, we'll save about $100 a month just by making that move. So, if you guys are looking for servers, I would definitely check them out. Um, I know we were talking to News Hutch uh, because they were looking for a new server provider, and I suggested Layered Tech, and they uh, pretty much moved immediately. They had tried to sign up for EV1, and... Uh, the form crapped out and it wouldn't take the credit card and they tried to call and they were on hold for like 20 minutes so they gave up canceled the order and went over to layered tech and got set up right away that's unfortunate because i absolutely loved ev1 they were they were good for so long they were they uh they did a, a moment job of silence for ev1 huh <laughs> let's have a moment of silence for ev1 <laughs> we definitely get better ping times for sure over at uh, Layered Tech because we've been oh I guess I can mention that app too found a little app called Pingdom P-I-N-G-D-O-M dot com and uh, they actually have several servers set up and they ping your server like once a minute from different facilities and then like average it all together they're like a server over in India and somewhere in Europe and a couple in the US like California New York Dallas Texas and uh, we're getting way better ping times on these new servers than we did at EV1. So now, now actually, it's kind of funny. One of our um, our Ruby Meetup members, he has his um, his Rails application actually hosted at Mac Mini Colo. Oh yeah, I saw that. That looks pretty <laughs> freaking cool. But you have to buy the Mac Mini, don't you? Or uh, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know, it looks interesting, but you got to wonder, I mean, at least for our purposes, how much, how good would a Mac Mini really be? <laughs> well, he actually has a fairly popular um, um, website for uh, for doing real estate. and uh, Yeah, but one website, I mean, we host close to 200 customers now, so. True. It just, but it just has a really high coolness factor. Yes, yes it definitely <laughs> does. Would like to give a shout out to his application. What is his application name? Newcon Search. Newcon Search. Hmm. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. It's for um, it's for uh, real estate agents for new construction, and uh, he's pretty much bootstrapped himself. Cool. So he's another one that's gone freelance. Awesome. Over. All right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Um, I think that is about it. Okay. We're just uh, we're just getting wound up for the year. We're trying to get back into the swing of things. Yep. Uh, we've got two podcasts scheduled to record within the next uh, week and a half. And we've got uh, two more people we're working with an email trying to get a schedule nailed down. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, if, uh, if we can get him on, Jeff Barr, uh, have him on the show again and talk more about... Uh, Amazon Web Services. Last time we talked about AWS, uh, we were talking about Mechanical Turk, but now we have S3 and EC2 and and maybe even SDS, if we can get them to chat about that. Yeah, EC2 and S3 are are completely hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we just want to know when we get our dedicated IP addresses. (laughs) So I guess 
on to the interview with Lala. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what Lala is and uh, what you guys do. So, you know, Lala.com was created about a year ago and with a pretty basic mission. You know, so much of the experience that we had growing up behind how we discover music had changed dramatically in the last 10, 15 years. I mean, number one, it began with a record store. We we remembered record stores with thousands of different albums and clerks that actually knew what they were talking about. And today, you know, unfortunately, most of album sales are actually happening, you know, through places like Walmart and, and what's called big box retailers. And so we wanted to create a record store that had all the variety and all the, the knowledge that we used to have when we were kids. And so, you know, we didn't want to build a, a store with, you know, brick and mortar and everything else. We thought it'd be cool if we can get people just on the internet to, to list CDs that they have and, and ask for CDs they want. So in essence, just kind of creating a big, giant trading pit for, for CDs. So in, in less than five months of being up, we have now, or six months, we have almost five million different albums that have been listed by our members on our site. And, you know, people are trading, you know, hundreds of thousands and, you know, millions of CDs. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's a lot of CDs. How come you guys chose to go with strictly music over, say, something like movies or, or uh, games? Yeah, you know, trading, I guess, could be kind of its own version of a little eBay, but, you know, that wasn't really our, our primary goal. Our big goal was that you know, there's so much great music being made today, and there's so much great music that's been made, but it's, it never makes it way, its, its way to a retail store where, where most of us find music. And even online, it's, it's somewhat limited. You know, For example, on Lala, we have you know, 15 to 20 times the amount of selection that's available on, on eBay, which is, which is pretty crazy, and, and almost two to three times the size of the catalog that you might even have on, on Amazon. So you know, our goal was really not necessarily just creating a, a trading system, but really much more about helping people find a lot of variety of music that just wasn't available anywhere else anymore because you know, it's too much of a pain in the butt to, to go to you know peer-to-peer service or anything else like that. We just thought it was just more convenient and, and more fair to actually trade CDs, and so that's how we started. It really was about helping people you know get music they couldn't find anywhere else. Very cool. So, what what do you think would be a defining feature of Lala over something like Barterbee or some of the other trading services out there? Is it just the fact that you guys focus on the music or yeah, I think maybe the biggest one is it works. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, know, you know, a lot of people talked about uh, you know MP3 players before the iPod came about. I think you know it just the fact that we 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 did everything for our customers. So you know, trading kind of reminds me a little bit of eBay. It's just a lot of effort for for to get it to work. You, you know, you have to go to the post office, you have to ship off an item. Same thing. A lot of these other services, you got to put your own stamps on it. You got to deal with the other person trading. I mean, for me, you know, if we're talking about a CD which has a value of you know under twenty bucks. That's a lot of effort to go through to to trade a CD, and so it's cool on our side is you don't have to deal with another person. You're really trading with us, and we guarantee that the CD is reliable. So if it's broken or cracked or it's not an original CD, you just tell us. You don't have to deal with the other person. We'll get another CD shipped out to you. So we totally guarantee that transaction. And even our envelopes when we ship to you have postage on them already. So literally, it's it's as easy as using something like Netflix with all the value of a really great record store. So I think that's the biggest difference. I think you know someone was telling us they have more knowledge than we do about it. But literally, I think we trade more in a, in a morning than all those guys trade in a month. I mean, it's pretty overwhelming how how, how scalable Lala has become. Yeah, it definitely sounds uh, easy to use. I think that's that's definitely a key point. You guys recently purchased uh, WOXY. That's, that was actually a, yeah. a favorite radio station of mine until uh, they, they got sold and then axed after that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, come back to it. It's, it's 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 a great station. I mean, I think it was nominated by CMJ this last uh, last month for us, one of the best stations in America, along with K- KXP and some of the other ones. We were pretty proud of that. Uh, you know, you know, back to our point. You know, we we always viewed that 
a great record store, you know, had really knowledgeable people and helped you discover new music. And, and I think one of the things that we also realized along the way was that radio has always been such a great way of discovering new music. But, you know, unfortunately, in the last 10 years, you've, you've had corporate radio where you have one DJ spinning the same songs for every single market in America. And see, a lot of variety got narrowed down to like maybe 50 or a couple hundred songs. And we were, when we bought Waxy, our, our, really, our, our primary goal wasn't to try to necessarily get in the radio business. It really was finding a great radio station so our members could listen to so they can discover new music. And, and that's, I mean, it's really worked well. I mean, with Waxy around for the last couple months, you know, the amount of music that people are discovering on Lala and what they're requesting to trade and what they're buying is just dramatically increased. So, you know, when you discover great music, it just increases your appetite for wanting to listen to more of it. So how did you come up with the idea of, of purchasing Waxy? I mean, did someone someone at Waxy contact you or vice versa? Or? No, it was, no, it was a fluke. <laughs> you know, I was actually in a, on vacation in Costa Rica, and, and I was sitting around uh, with someone who works with us, and, and she was mentioning that you know her favorite way of discovering new music was on the radio. And, and so that night I went online and started looking for internet radio, and, and the first thing that came across was Waxy because it had been such a great critically acclaimed success, not a great business success, but so critically acclaimed and and when I went to their site I just found out that they were in the process of shutting down so we we kind of got involved at that stage and started talking to some of the members and understanding why they love Waxy so much and then we finally talked to the the owners of the station but I think the deal from the time I found out about it until the time it was done was I think six days so we you know we fell in love with it just like you and a lot of other people have I mean it's just it's amazing I mean they're breaking new bands every single day and you know the, the bands I've never heard of I'm listening to now because of Waxy from the greens to the hold steady to all this great stuff yeah, it's it's definitely an awesome radio station. So, <clears throat> you guys just released uh, La La Radio. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, and, and it's along the same lines of what we try to do with Waxy. We, we realize that you know the best way that you discover new music is you know through your friends. I think you know there's a lot of websites that try to add some math algorithm to how you discover music or whatever else they do, but it just it, it doesn't feel the same. You know, when your buddy tells you, "Oh man, you got to listen to." architecture in Helsinki. It's a great band. I mean, it just has a very different vibe to it. So our hope was that by creating this ability for members to create their own radio stations, it was a great way for them to tell people about the music they love the most. So if you're into different types of stuff, just you know, create a radio station or a playlist out of it and broadcast it. We pay all the licensing, so you don't have to worry about that. And in return, it's great for us because if your friends listen to that music, they're going to hopefully want to trade those CDs or buy those CDs from us. And you know, it's, it's good as a record store, and it's also really cool for just discovering new stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's kind of like Pandora. I remember playing around with that a little bit, uh, but yeah, and, and I think Pandora's cool. I think you know, for me, it's you know, in, in a kind of a funny way, Pandora's like almost too good because like every song sounds like the next one because they have all this whole math algorithm to everything, and and you know, I think it's kind of cool. But after a while, I, I get this feeling like I'm I'm in an elevator and I'm listening to music because <laughs> it all sounds so much alike. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's like, you know, when you meet a random friend and they tell you their favorite band, it might be totally, they have no idea that you're into rock or pop, or they're just telling you what they love, right? And and, and sometimes it ends up being like your new favorite band or this gem of music that you've never heard of before. And that's, we kind of like that little bit of serendipity. And that's what kind of radio does in a way. You you never know what's going to happen. You tune in and, and you kind of hope for the best. And sometimes you just get something that just totally blows your mind. And, and that's what we're trying to go for with, with radio. So hopefully a lot of people get on it and create really cool, great radio stations and and people listen to them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you guys, you guys decided early on, I guess, to take funding. Um, is it, I guess, funding sort of capital with Lala? What uh, what led you guys to that decision? 
You know, we I, I, I've kind of been a part of um, oh gosh, now seven different startups in the last three that I started my I started I was the founder of and. And, and the primary reason for going for for raising venture capital is, is one it allows us to really focus on on building a great service for our 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 users and our members and so we you know we 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 could have bootstrapped it we could have done all these different things but that would have put so much more of our focus on on you know kind of like fundraising and not on on building great products and so we we had a really cool opportunity with Bain Capital and Ignition where they they, they were very generous in, in how they capitalized our company and. So it allowed us to hire really, you know, just kick-ass people and build some really great products. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, I guess that's always good for for a company. <laughs> what uh, it takes, it takes a lot of distractions out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, I've been dealing with those distractions myself, so I can I can sympathize. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what future plans do you guys have for Lala and for Waxy? Well, you know, we we think there's so much more to do just with music. I think you know. When you think of the music industry, from everything back to Elvis to the Colonel that discovered him, you basically have a very much a mom and pop business. You know, just basically people that really dug music, found great artists, and try to talk about it. You know, the last ten years, it's really kind of become a big business. You know, with multinational corporations and everything else, and and unfortunately, that's kind of really made music less of a focus and everything else more of a focus. You know, so like for example, today, people talk more about DRM than they talk about the new great band that they've heard of. And so, what we're really trying to do is to get people really good value for listening to music and discovering it so they get back to talking about music. So one way is obviously building a really big used record store so every single title is available at a much better price than you would find on, on Amazon, eBay, or anywhere else. And number two, creating a great radio station that doesn't take payola or payoffs from its, uh, from, its, uh, from its content provider so it can really recommend great music. So that's the second thing we've done. And I'm sure we'll eventually get everything into festivals, to concerts, to everything else, other ways that you can enjoy music. So it's just... It's a hundred percent music all the time. Nothing but music. <laughs> yeah. It's MTV the way it used to be <laughs> <laughs> before all the TV shows. <laughs> yep. So um, I don't, not to get too technical here, but uh, what did you guys write Lala in as far as languages go? Oh my God, man! I, I think there's a lot of kind of uh, Ajax type stuff. So most of the stuff is written in C, running on top of Linux, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. You're using stuff like MySQL. I mean, it's a lot of the, you know, we kind of, we're bitten by the same bug that a lot of companies are around open source software, which is, it's, it's one, it's really inexpensive, but two, more importantly, gives it a lot of flexibility to create crazy, cool stuff that, you know, just not available off the shelf. And so our guys dig it and they, they enjoy the, the kind of the freedom of creating brand new stuff. Yeah. Now, um, when you guys purchased uh, WXY, they had their own set of uh, technology and infrastructure. Are you working on, Changing any of their code and integrating. Oh, that's already moved over. That's that's uh, that was done. Like I guess a couple weeks ago, it's totally moved over to, to what we're doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and, and the cool thing about that, it makes it a lot more, you know, it, it makes it a lot more accessible, and, and in the sense that you know we have a lot more bandwidth to it, and and the code hopefully works on a lot more browsers and different things. We're, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We still got a couple of bugs to work out, but you know, in general, we're we're making good progress toward that. Yeah. And so hopefully, more people listen to great independent music and. And they'll be forced to listen to a lot less adult contemporary. So, it, is the radio station still based out of Cincinnati? That's where it originated. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the DJs and the studio is actually in Cincinnati, but all the servers and everything else are are uh, down in Palo Alto and in uh, Northern California. Cool, very cool. I actually live in Cincinnati, so that's uh, oh, cool, man. Yeah, grew up listening yeah, to that. It's such a cool studio. Oh man, I went to the uh, the Broth House right over there, along with the um, the Southgate House. So there's just you know I, I dig that whole area. Yeah, it's very cool. I love the Southgate House. 
We uh, just went there and saw a concert with uh, one of the podcast listeners, Joel. He uh, he tuned us into a cool band there. So. Oh, cool, man! Cool deal. Yep. We love music. So anyway, um, thanks, man. Are there any super secret projects that you guys are working on that you're getting ready to release? <laughs> yeah, you know, t- typically, uh, if, if we knew, we would tell you. Um, you know, the best way that we ever, we always find stuff that stuff happens on our message boards. We're just kind of talking to our customers. They're kind of our eyes and ears, and they tell us what they're they're into. And and, and we're and we're lucky enough that we have some just really you know amazing developers that can actually make it happen. But right now, I think you know it's just more and more about making radio easier and easier to play with and, and hopefully that'll be the uh, the direction for the next couple months and you know as we know we'll, we'll definitely tell you cool sounds good alright man I appreciate it you have, you have a great day and uh, enjoy Waxy. 